1: This is Soul to Soul on your radio. And a very, very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, to open your minds, open your devices, open your time to listen, to hopefully be inspired, to grow. We're going to be talking about some really, really interesting topics today. And I hope that don't make our all of our Shabbos more fascinating, more enlightened. It'll, it'll be a topic of discussion, maybe for for the for the table. You know, since the beginning of of the Gaza war, so Yidden we know have uh, have been saying special special tilm, right? In in the and and the paragraph that we say after tilm, we say achenu kol beis Right, our brethren all based on batsor of v'shivya. right? Our brethren, right? The family who are in distress and, and captivity. Hamokum Yurachimalaim, Hashem should have mercy upon them, the and remove them, Mitsor from distress to relief. This formula seems actually problematic. Why does it take cold basis, show the truth is not all of the Jewish nation are in distress or even in captivity. The answer, of course, is that when a slight number of Yidin are in trouble, we feel their pain as if we're all in that situation. In the early 1950s, a large group of Yemenite Jews left their native land and immigrated Since it took place shortly after the establishment of the state of Israel, there was little money available. As a result, the Israeli government erected rows of tents for the new immigrants. This is where they lived in the harsh winter, doing their best to sort of skirt the ubiquitous thick thick mud. Hearing about the newcomers' dire situations of Yitzchak David Grossman's parents, of Yisrael Grossman, and his, his wife, traveled to Rosh Ha'ayin, where these immigrants were, and went from tent to tent, introducing themselves to every family. They offered to take care of their children in Yerushalayim, where the Grossmans lived for as long as they needed if the families didn't feel capable of caring them at that time. This offer was despite the fact that the Grossmans had 10 kids of their own in a small little flat. 15 Yemenite children came with the Grossmans to Yerushalayim. Two slept in the Grossman house while the rest was sort of divided amongst the neighbors. Rav David Grossman recalled that for the next few years he slept in the same bed as two Yemenite boys. A man, a man named Yishaya Goldstein was on board a flight when a non-Jew in a neighboring seat sort of uh, initiated a conversation Although he wasn't in the mood of talking, he decided to continue the conversation so that he could make a Kiddush Hashem with the contents of the discussion. The conversation turned to the Jewish community and Yeshaya told him what it's like in this community. where I live, if someone finds money, they post a sign saying, whoever lost a sum of money should call this number. In the building I live in, we have a free lending service for chairs, tables, stamps, cribs, uh, 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 strollers, car seats, and more. He then told the man about different Jewish organizations such as Chaveirim and Hatzalah. The non was so amazed that he began to tell other people on the flight. Are you aware that the Jews do all types of of selfless acts. In 2021, there was a father who was religious in a kind of rudimentary level, whose daughter became ill, sending her to the hospital. He said that from the moment his daughter arrived at the hospital, he came to the realization that being born Jewish is equivalent to winning the lottery. He explained that the patients In hospital beds near where his daughter were, were for the most part alone. One child nearby had a visit from her mother every other day because she was busy taking care of the other children, since she was unable to find someone to babysit. This is in contrast to his situation where once it became known in the Jewish community that this daughter was in the hospital, so many people showed solicitude and began to act. This included babysitters that were arranged, health advisors offering their advice, food coming in bulk and people who came to visit his daughter. He remarked, I didn't do anything to deserve it. I was just simply born, born Jewish. This is 101.9, Chai FM,
0: a little bit of feel-good stuff as we start the show. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9, Chai FM.
1: 101.9, Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Terumah, Tav, Shin, Pei, Dalet. And a warm welcome to those of you who are joining us at this point on the show as we learn together Parshas to Ruma, the incredible first Parsha that deals with the instructions for the building of the Mishkan. And we start as follows. We quote a Achidah Nachal Kedumim, who actually is quoting Rav Avram Yeshua Zevi, who was, he says, the author of the Sefer called Urim Gidalim, who himself was the grandson. Rav Avram Azulai, and whose uh, grandson was the Rav of Chevron, and is actually uh, buried in the cemetery in, in Hebron. Chevron. So he learns from the opening psukim in this week's parsha, where it says, daber al bnei speak to the bnei Yisrael, the yichuli t'ruma, and they should take for me." A donation may Ace Kalisham, anyone, a shagidvanu liboy, whose heart is uplifted, who feels generous, they will take our tumma. So you ask the question: why does the Pasak repeat itself and say it twice? First, the Yikulitruma, they will take for me a Tuma, and then es Trumasi, they will take my, my, my Truma. What's the repetition? There's a second question also. We can also ask if, if, if you read the Psukkim, next Psukkim, it says, These are the donations that you should take from them Zov, gold, silver, and copper, sky blue wool, argomon, purple wool, scarlet red wool. Veshesh and linen, the izim and goatskin. Va'ilas eilim and ma'adamim and ran skin, dyed red, v'ais to and the skins of the tachash, v'atse shitim, and the a wood. And then shem and oil for lighting, besamim the shem and spices for the anointing oil, and also to bring as the incense on the mizbech. Abne shayam, the filling stones for the shoulder pads of the coin and the stones that filled the choshen and the breastplate which will be used for the ephod and the choshen and the question here is why by all the things that are mentioned all the donations all the way until shitim, until the acacia wood this it's all connected with evov so of of avochasef unochas unsere weergaman slash anewischees wesen right de alosalem all the way through the shana misko vilik right and then of avav nameiluim and then suddenly when it gets to the atsheitim there it's missing it just doesn't have that connecting and that connecting valve says the khida and he explains it in an, amazing, in an amazing way. He says, based on what it says in the Targum, Yonisim ben Uziel, in Parshish, uh, Kvayakel, on the Posuk, it says there that the Nasim, the 12 princes of the tribes, they brought s es, Shayam, they brought these Shayam stones, the big stones that sat on the shoulders of, of the kohen gadol, v'yes amnei hamiluim, and the stones that were used to fill the choshen, lo eifah v'choshen for the eifah of the choshen, v'yes haboysim, and the the spices, v'yes hashomen, and the oil lemaor for the lining, leshemina mishkan for the anointing oil, but the teresa and for the teresa So he says that which it says, v'hanisiey meviu, which we translate as the the princes of the of the tribes says the yanis of no the the intention is talking about the clouds the seam can also be clouds right which are also as it said the pasuk in tehillim in capital kuf lamete it says malin hashem brings up the clouds from the edges of the earth and he, uh, he says as follows. Says, These clouds that were in the heaven would go to the Pishon River and they would sort of uh, scoop out from there the Avnei Shoyam and the Avnei Miloim which they needed in order to uh, place them in the settings in the Choshen and the Ephod and they brought them and placed them on the sort of on the floor in the in the desert right and the nasiim the, the now we're talking about the princes who were so hush of, of the the, the, more, the most important people of the whole nation they would go and they would gather them and they brought them for the purpose of the service for the building of of a uh, of the of, of the Mishkan and then the clouds went again this time their destination was to Canaan and they would come they would come back again and they would bring from there the spices and the oil for the anointing oil right which is absolutely pure 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 olive oil right and simon oil which is pure, which was they needed for the, for the Keturus So, this was the miraculous way of how these things were, were provided. And, it's a similar thing The Gemara says in Yuma, on Dafa and He, it says, the He may view a love Oid Nidava Babayke Babayke They brought him donations every single morning. So, Gemara asks, my Babayke Babayke, what does it mean every single morning? Amrav um, Shmuel Ben Amrav um, Jensen says, "Midbar sheyarat lahem, ba'baiket ba'baiket." From that which they would fall down for them every single morning, Melameds teach us sheyar do That's together with the morning. In the morning came down to the kliyisrael, abonim precious stones, umagolias. And pearls Imam together with the money, And therefore, when it says the Nassium brought these avnei the Brahsa says, one Brice says Amish was actually the Nasim. And that's what it says, Ruach Fageshim, was actually these clouds that provided them with these items miraculously. And then just picked them up and then carried them to the gathering point for all the materials for the for the uh, for the Mishkan. So he says, based on this, we can now understand the pesukim. Shem said to the Bnei Yisrael, "Take for me a donation." In other words, that I'm also what's with Yikuli, right? Says spoke, I'm also going to donate to the Mishkan. Right? And it says that's what it says In other words, they should also take some donations from me, collect donations from me. And, and also from those people who felt generous, you'll take my donations. You know each person according to how generous he felt. So it comes out that they're actually here two different donations that are being given one that came directly from HaKadosh Baruch himself and the second one from the Jewish nation and therefore the apostle now makes sense this is the 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 the, the donation that you must take from them i.e from the Jewish nation, from the Bnei Yisrael, Zav, Vachesev, Unachoshes, etc. All of that with the Vav Achibur, all of that with the Vav that joins, and, 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 until V'atzeshitim, until the wood, Because all these things up until there were all donations from the Bnei Yisrael themselves. And then, from where it starts, Shemen Lamar, Right, and from there on, that's a completely different subject. That's to teach us that from from there on in the list, the shemun lamar, etc., etc., those were the the donations kav You could say something like that that came direct where, where that came directly from Hashem via these clouds that brought the oil and the besamim and the Amnei and and the amne maluim. All that came directly from our from Kodesh Now, we need to understand, and this we'll do after the break, what we need such a miracle for. Let's take a break and we'll come back and discuss that. This is 1.9 High FM. The program
0: is Soul to Soul and we'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on 101.9 High FM.
1: This is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. <clears throat> we are talking about the great miracle that accompanied the donations for the building of the Mishkan, where the Jewish nation brought a large percentage of the supplies necessary, but some were provided, so to speak, directly by Hashem through these clouds bringing the oil, bringing the precious stones, bringing the spices that were needed for the Mishkan. So we want to ask, and hopefully explain, what was the necessity for such a miracle that these things should come down from the clouds for the needs of the Mishkan? And perhaps we can best explain it through what the Auschach says on the pasuk, we recorded it already before. Asher yidvenu those whose hearts felt generous, and he says there that it's true that the Jewish nation fulfilled the explicit command of Hakadosh Hu, and they brought all their donations in order to build the Mishkan. But the truth is, the main donations. We're not the silver or the gold because all those things are not ours. As the Apostlech says, All the silver and all the gold belongs to me, says Hashem. Apostlech again, Chagai. Right? And as the fact says, Everything comes from you, Hashem and from your hand right it was given right but the the main thing was as in fact it's written the main thing was not the donation of the precious metals of the articles that would actually be used to build the, the Mishkan in other words the main thing was the desire and, and 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 the push and and the and the it's called a kind of the deep-seated feeling from the heart right which is as the posse and says <speaking in Hebrew> your very your, your 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 inner side exudes a love for our kaddish baruchu which is the very very continuous the very internal workings of their hearts and their emotions of the entire jewish nation and whoever was on such a level and able to reach a level he was giving a, such a donation and he really was donating, so to speak, himself, those uh, donations were certainly accepted for the building of the of, of the Mishkan. But the truth is, not everyone is on the same level. And amongst all the different donors for the Mishkan, there were some that were able to elevate their donations, right? Only and, and, and those some who only were able to donate after they saw that all their neighbors and all their friends and all the people they knew, they were all running to donate and, and to, to sort of elevate a, a a donation to Hashem. And it, it was a little embarrassing a little uncomfortable that all their neighbors, all their friends, everyone they knew was busy pouring out their stuff for to give to the Mishkan. And it was a bit unpleasant that they should be different than all of them. And therefore, even they, although they really weren't that motivated, they didn't really want to give their stuff away, but in order to sort of keep up with the Coenzes and be part of what was going on. So they also came to donate. Even though It was so difficult for them and they had no desire and they had no pension to want to give and such a donation that came because of a a complete lack of desire but only out of sort of societal or or pure pressure. So those things were not really usable to build the Mishkan. And the Auschal goes on to explain and therefore it says in the Torah on those people that, that, that are called the Chachmei Lev people who are wise of heart who built the Mishkan that their main uh, uh, sort of job was the Lachshay Machashavos, literally to think thoughts to do things for the gold to, with the gold, the silver and the the copper in other words that they knew in their chokhmah to recognize every single donation every single cent that was donated what was the thought what was the motivation of the person who brought that donation and if it came uh, because the person had a real desire and a real urge and a real burning want to be part of the Mishkan project, to fulfill the will of Hashem, then they would use that donation for the actual building of, of the Mishkan. But when they felt that that person was bringing it, not because he wanted but because of other kind of societal pressures, so then they would not use that money for the, for the, uh, for the building of the Mishkan so says the the Al-Sheikh. and for the same reason that since ha wanted to build the mishkan only from the donations of someone who gave it with all of his heart therefore hashem said that they would be able to give 15 different types of donations either silver or gold all copper, etc., etc. Why? Because of all of them would need to donate, let's say, only gold, so then then they might not be giving it. The Shem might not be giving it then for the correct reasons. Why? <clears throat> because maybe want someone really wanted to give copper. Right? But if all they're accepting for the Mishkan is is gold and not copper. So then he had again; he had no choice but to give gold, and therefore Hashem says, "No, there's a whole list. You can give whatever you want from all these different types of material. Main thing is not what you give, but how are you giving it? How much? How much devotion? How much love? How much energy? How much passion? How much desire to be part of the Mishkan project, to build the Mishkan for Hashem? Are you investing in your in your donation?" Based on this, we can say that there were people who, because of their great, great desire, they wanted to give even more than gold to the Mishkan. But unfortunately, on the list, the most precious of all the items that they could have given was gold. So what do we do for someone who had a burning desire? He wanted to give even more than gold. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought a donation from the, the, the clouds in the, in the sky. The Torah writes 15 different types, different ingredients that could be donated, materials that could be donated for the, the Mishkan that the Bnei saw brought. And the beginning, first it says, V'zoi <laughs> satrumah. This is the donation ashetikhu meitam that you should take from them zav like ochesuv and choshes gold, silver, copper, treles, different kinds of of wools and linen and goats hair and and rams and the tachash skin and baatzeshitim and the shitim wood and then and lamar right then the light the oil for lighting and the besamim for the uh, anointing oil and the Keter Sassam and only at the end does the Torah say only at the very end does it list the amne Shayim and Avnei for the Eiffel and the Khashen and the those stones were the most most precious the most expensive of everything and therefore, those should have been written at the very beginning, even before the gold. Why did the Torah write those things only at the very, very end? Says the Medrish in the in the Men and Rashi, in fact, brings it in in Vayakhil, that in the Siim they're the ones that brought these precious, precious stones. And they're mentioned at the end, because the Niseum said to themselves, Ah, B'nai Israel will donate whatever they donate. And whatever is lacking, whatever they don't bring, we will we will sort of write a check. We will complete the project all about all by ourselves. And at the end, of course, the Jewish nation donated everything. In fact, it was more than enough. And therefore, we're now the Niseum pitched up and say, oh, what do you leave us to give? Moshe said, sorry, we don't need anything. The B'nai Yisrael have given everything that was necessary. And when they saw this, they felt so, so upset that they weren't going to be part of the Mishkan at all. And at the end, Moshe agreed to accept from the Nisim these very, very precious stones, the Avnei Shayim, the Avnei the And therefore, the Torah mentions them. Last in order to show that this truma of the niseum was the, the, the most sort of unappreciated and, and really the, the least valuable, although what they were giving was the most valuable, but it was really, really the, the 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 on the lowest on the totem pole of all the of the importance of all the donations. And from here we learn how much a person needs to be quick to use the, the midah of, of alacrity when it comes to do mitzvahs. As it's, in fact, Chazal says in the Quran in Indalit in Zurizim, Matimen, the mitzvahs. Those who have this midah of Zurizim come quickly in order to do to do mitzvahs. Now, the the khida in his Sefer Pnei David, writes also that when a person uh, give something quickly with alacrity without letting sort of grass burn under his feet while he gives it. So that is considered as if you're giving a double, a double gift. It's as if you've given twice a, a donation. And he he, uh, he sort of alludes to it, to the uh, the language of a pasuk in the book of Yeshia, chapter 33, where it says, someone who goes and gives charities in plural, right? What does it mean? What does it mean? What's the intention of that? That means someone who runs to do something, someone who's a an hurry and doesn't want to sort of run the risk that perhaps while he's thinking about doing a mitzvah, he'll lose out, or he'll suddenly decide not to do it. And he does it as it says, in, in, in Pasha Shemois by, by Miriam, by Telecha Alma, she ran, and Rashi says, She went quickly to see what was going on with Moshe. And if someone gives Sadaka with great alacrity, and, and as soon as he hears about a need or as soon as he hears about a campaign that's going, he's right away on the phone or online giving the donation. So that's considered as if he's given a, a double a double tzedakah he's given twice tzedakah and he gets credit for two for two tzedakah similarly if Chaim Balaji brings in his Sefer tzedakah on a posuk in Mishle a famous posuk says roidef someone chases after tzedakah reset you must say he will find for himself life and stucker and honor one second if he's right if stuck he's chasing after stuckers in other words he's running after it he's doing it he's gonna find stucker in other words he's gonna find more stucker because by that one giving the given, but the given that's done with as much speed and as much enthusiasm and as much energy as possible, so that's considered as if he's given already already twice. And perhaps you can add that the Chidor writes also that if a person sort of sets aside, puts aside some coins to give to, to Tztaka, right, and he has a special uh, purse or a special area in his pocket, we, we we only keep his tzlaka. So he's already with that fulfilled a mitzvah of tzlaka. And after he gives the money practically to the poor person, then again, second time, he fulfills the mitzvah of tzlaka. And that's why it says, double expression, shall certainly give twice in order to teach us that a person by giving one gift of tzedakah can actually fulfill two mitzvahs of tzedakah. So therefore, if I take that coin, I put it aside in my in a special pocket that I that I know I keep all my tzedakah there. So right away, and then, and then when the when the when the comes, he takes that coin out and gives it to him quickly without delay. So that is considered that that is a, a a double, a a a a not only not only uh, uh, is it double, but it's double double. The fact that you set it aside and you gave it is twice, and then you do reason so it's doubles. So the two becomes four. For one act of giving stucker, plus the the, the the separation beforehand of the money for that stucker, you can actually get four times, right? Uh, your, your 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 money's worth in in the that, that you that you've actually actually given phenomenal right the khidda brings further in, in, in another form in in the safe and he brings a person has to be very very careful with stucker nowadays why because sadaqa today takes the place of qurbanus of sacrifices and it gains atonement for our that a person does even those that he did intentionally and it can save a person from death right and a person who does give tzedakah we know is blessed with many many brachas as it says in, in, in the psukim and, and in the words of Chazal right in Mib again he brings uh, that tzedakah Chazal say that it's stuck, as you said, takes the place of, of a carbon and atones for Avera's done even on purpose and saves us from death. And it gives us long life. And it turns, chas hashom, any possibility that Hashem might act towards us with Midas Adin, turns it into Midas And no Avera can extinguish that mitzvah of, 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 of tzedakah. And the mitzvah of tzedakah lights up for the person the entire week. As it says, His charity stands forever. And it brings Mashiach come closer. And that's all written explicitly in the words of Chazal in 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 the, the Gemara and in the Majrashim and in the writings of, of Kabbalah, right? Besides the the that which is actually written in in, in the Torah and in the Vivim and the Kisuvim and and the words of of, of Chaza. Reb Chaim brings the words of the Chida he says, and I, I want to add something to what he says. He says there's even more of a reason to give tzaka generously in in these generations because, unfortunately, the Shefa from Shemayim is not as great as it used to be because, unfortunately, uh, we're not worthy of it. And, therefore, there aren't as much money around as there used to be, right? Because uh, people don't have money. Hashem hasn't provided. And those that can give tzaka, are less than they used to be. And and unfortunately the number of poor people who need stucker have increased and prices have have gone up. Everything is much, much more expensive than than it used than it used to be. So certainly that a person who makes an effort to have money in his pocket, whatever, whatever coins he has in order to be able to give them to the the, whichever poor person he comes across, so he should know for sure that his reward is going to be so tremendous because he has really saved a life. He has has revived a, a broken a broken uh, person with his with his stock. And concludes with Chaim Pilaji that someone who makes this decision to always have some coins with him. And that at the ready, to when if ani comes to quickly be able to give it to him without hesitation and without delay. So you should know that's going to be a shmirah. It's going to be a protection from him, from any kind of bad thing happening to you. Even better, from all the kameyas and all the other schoolers things in the world, is the school of just doing the ratz nashem, just giving. Stoke. This is 101.9 high FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchos Shabbos slot.
0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb only on 101.9 high FM. 101.9 FM.
1: This is Soul to Soul. On your radio, Arab Shabbos Kedesh Pashas Tirumah. Tough, Shin, Pei, and a warm welcome to those who have just joined us at this point on the show. It's great to have you on, on board as we learn together a little bit of Hilchus Shabbos. But before we do that, as we always do at this point on the show, just to give you the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, the earliest time to light your Shabbos candles is at 529, one minute before half past. Five <clears throat> is already great time to get Shabbos started. I say it's almost almost three hours from from now. There's still plenty of time to get yourself organized, get the house organized, get the kids organized, get uh, uh, all the food ready, and let's make sure that we can really bring the Shabbos in as timelessly as possible. It's one of the things we can do. A little bit of extra time on Shabbos, a little bit of extra Kedusha in our lives, who knows what that can do, not only for ourselves, but for the world at, at at large. That's really something fantastic if we can manage it. If you cannot manage to do that, so then the latest time for benching licht this Friday night is at 6.32 this afternoon. 6.32 will be the latest time to light your, your Shabbos candles. And again, we have to see that as being the absolute latest time for us to uh, light candles. We do not want to rely at all on those 18 minutes after candle lighting before sunset, because that is only there for emergency situations where a person really has no choice but to finish up what he needs to do in an emergency situation during that time. Otherwise, 632 is the absolute cutter point. It's when all the Cars have to be parked and the house has to be ready and the food on, on the appropriate hot hot sources. Nothing more can be done for, for Shabbos. There are still congregations that accept Shabbos at the normal uh, standard Johannesburg time of 6.32. And if the minion you daven with will be davening early so that they're going to say Mizma Shabbos accept Shabbos before 6.32, then you are duty bound as part of that community to make sure your candles are on before before, before that time. So sunset. This afternoon then is at 10 to 7, 6 50. And therefore, if you want to be able to say the Krishna uh, before one and fulfill the mitzvah of saying the Krishna at night before. You sit down to your meal so you don't forget, and it's always better to fulfill the mitzvah of Shema before you eat. All you have to do is wait until 8 minutes past 7, 7 or 8. That's already considered to be night, and you can say the Krishma and then please sit down and really just enjoy a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos meal with your friends and, and family. Make it something relaxing. Make it something beautiful. Talk about the week. Talk about things that happened. Talk about... Nisim, you saw miracles that may have happened, small miracles that happened in your life on a daily, daily basis. Talk about the Parsha. We're talking about the building of the Mishkan. There's so many lessons even involved in in that. Let the kids have a chance. Let the kids talk about what they heard about in in school, what they they, uh, witnessed, what they uh, learned, and, and make it a discussion, make it something interesting, make it something fascinating. Get Everybody involved in in the discussion, and you'll see it's a wonderful, wonderful occasion. Tomorrow we will lay, in, of course, Pasha's Chuma, which says the building of the Mishkan, and the Haftarah that is appropriate uh, to that Pasha, which obviously talks about the building of the Beit Hamikdash by Shleima Melech and Hiram, uh, and, and some of the, some of the Posh part of that is, uh, is is the is the uh, Otherwise, it's a, a standard uh, beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos getting a little bit a little bit shorter, but still quite a, a long day. Uh, tomorrow, Shabbos Kurdish ends tomorrow night at 7.22. 22 minutes past 7 is the end of, of Shabbos, and we go, of course, into another beautiful, beautiful uh, a week. At the end of next week is actually Purim Cotton because we're in the first Adar and we're heading towards the middle of the month. So next Friday will be Purim Katen and Shabbat will be Purim, uh, Ashusham Purim a Katen, one month to go until the real deal, until till Purim actually, actually comes. We are learning the laws of Lush uh, and, and we're dealing with some of the important issues. So we said that everyone will agree that it is permitted to sort of, if you have a uh, 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 vegetables, sort of uncut vegetables. That's you know like them. Or even if they're cut, but they're still completely viable as pieces by themselves. You'd be allowed to mix them with oil or with or with mayonnaise because since the pieces are not teeny. Pieces are viable and visible by themselves, so they don't actually form. Even though you mix them with the oil or the the mayonnaise, it doesn't form into one gloom, into one, into one uh, glob of of a a doughy type mixture. But if you cut them very, very finely, so then you already get into an argument amongst the amongst the decisors, if you're allowed to mix those together. Let's say with with mayonnaise some say that so long as they don't actually become like one dough one big uh, a massive material so there's no uh, prohibition of, of 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 doing that and that's in the yam he holds that way and some say that even when they don't become one big massive gloom if they would stick together one to the other that's already that's already forbidden. That's the opinion of the of the uh, of the task. If someone wants to be lenient and rely on the after Shlomo, he certainly is allowed to, and he should mix the vegetables, again, not in a normal way, with a definite uh, a deviation from the normal way of stirring, and prepare the salad just before the the meal time on the on the, on Shabbos. And that's what the Mishnah Bura in, in, in says Shin, in Shin Chafalaf. Similarly, when we talk about, let's say, making an egg salad and mixing it with some onion and, and mayonnaise, so again, we get the same kind of, of doubt. On one side, there are various reasons why one could be lenient amongst them is that all the different ingredients in that egg salad are all ready to be eaten and, and uh, they don't become one big, uh, uh, completely uh, uh, like, they don't become um, joined together like a, a dough and therefore it should be permitted. And in contrast, uh, since there are people that do particularly like to make it like one doughy thick substance therefore it perhaps should be us practically speaking we say you will be allowed to prepare an egg salad and to mash the eggs with a fork provided that you actually do the mixing of the salads with the sheena in an unusual way and again be very careful to, to prepare it just before the the, the meal uh, and and not and not a long time and not a long time be- before same thing would be if you want to make a a tuna a tuna salad so also uh, if you're going to mix it let's say with eggs which are so mashed eggs and some mayonnaise or you have a, you want to make a liver and you mi- you mix the liver with with eggs. So even though again they, they form one entity, you're allowed to mix them together on the condition that you're very very careful to mix them in an unusual way which you said sort of instead of as a, in a circle uh, backwards and forwards or take the spoon out between each 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 mix in order and then of course to eat them. Uh, prepare it and eat them right away and uh, don't let any any too much time elapse between the preparation and the beginning of the uh, And the beginning of the of, of the meal. So this is very very important these laws of, 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 uh, of lush which which uh, Affect the way we have to prepare our food and get ready for for, for the Shabbos meal very very important to to know on, on, on a regular basis Okay, we're going to come back with a very few last comments after after the break. But let's do what we have to do. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. And yes, this is and will remain the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa.
0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: This is Soul to Soul. back on your radio air of Shabbos, Parshas, Teruma, Shin, Pei, as we are going through our Hilchas Shabbos slot, and we're about to change, change tracks and begin a new topic, a new, new Melacha. We're going to talk about the uh, Melacha of Schita, of squeezing different kinds of, of fruits, so we know that if we squeeze fruits in order to separate, in order to sort of extract from them their, their liquids, so you violate the the Torah prohibition of, of mefarik. Mefarik means separating something from its source of of growth, which is a corollary, a tolda of the molacha of, of dosh, of, of threshing. Now, the malacha of, of dash itself, we actually separate the kernels of wheat from, from the, the husks. And when you do mafarik, so you're separating the liquid from the, its source of growth from the fruit. And the, it's, it's, it's an iser from the Torah, it's a Torah prohibition on Shabbos to squeeze olives for the purpose of getting oil right or 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 uh, or grapes for the purpose of getting of getting wine because oil and wine are considered to be very distinguished very kosher types of drinks and most of the olives and most of the grapes were sort of grown and are intended to be to be squozed or squeezed, but other pears, which are not necessarily fundamentally and 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 mostly intended for for liquids for drinks, so this it's still forbidden to squeeze them. But it's only a rabbinic issue to squeeze those types of, of fruits on on uh, on shabbos. The prohibition to squeeze is where the purpose is to remove from the fruit, let's say the juice, in order to drink it. But if your purpose would be, let's say, to add a taste to a cooked dish, so then you'd be allowed to squeeze fruits into it because then the squeezing is, is not for the purpose of creating a drink, but you're taking out the juice As a a, from one food into another food, therefore, you'd be allowed to squeeze, let's say, grapes into a a cooked dish, or lemon into a a vegetable salad, or orange into, let's say, a a, into uh, crushed uh, carrot, and similarly, you'd be allowed to squeeze lemon or on sort of fries on fried fish, and even though. The, the drops of liquid may not necessarily be absorbed in the fish still since they are, are the purpose of it is to add taste because they're certainly secondary to the fish so they are be considered like part of of the uh, of, of of the fish okay that's about all the time we're going to have today to speak halacha but we'll be back next week and speak more about the Moloch of Slita. In the meantime, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us this week, and just wish all of you the most beautiful, kishmat, restful, and inspiring good Shabbos to all.